The Crime Tree is a true crime podcast detailing the crimes and events committed against others. Listener discretion is advised. Just after lunchtime on March the 19th, 1999, an explosion tore through the outside wall of apartment number four in a small complex that housed students from the nearby Iowa State University. As fire took hold, the students living in the adjoining apartments quickly evacuated. Thankfully, it was spring break and most of the students were away on vacation, including the three students, Matt, Keith and Andrew, who resided in apartment number four. On arrival to the scene, an aggressive fire attack was initiated by the Iowa City firefighters as the intense heat caused the apartment's windows to start blowing out. And when finally able to enter, Fire Marshal Roger Jensen was shocked to stumble across the charred remains of two women. You are listening to The Crime Tree. I'm your host Jasmine, and this is the story of Maria Lena and Laura Watson Dalton. When firefighters arrived at 427 South Van Buren Street, apartment number four, located at the back of the complex, was already well alight. The intense heat forcing back those firefighters with the intention of searching for anyone who may be trapped inside. Their concerns were eased when neighbours informed them that the three young men who lived there had gone away the week before. And about half an hour after arriving on the scene, they were able to safely gain access. But within moments of climbing the outside steps to enter the second floor apartment, they came across a charred body lying on the floor just inside the entrance. Moving further into the apartment, a second body was located lying on a bed in the back bedroom. And next to this body was the still intact driver's license belonging to 29-year-old Laura Watson Dalton. Laura was born on the 30th of June in 1969 and grew up in Omaha, Nebraska. 250 miles west of Iowa City. Laura had once lived in Iowa City during her brief marriage to a man named John Dalton, but after separating three years earlier, Laura had moved back west to be close to her hometown, settling down in Creston where she worked as a paramedic for the Greater Community Hospital Ambulance Service. After finishing her shift on Wednesday, March the 17th, Laura decided to make the drive to Iowa City to visit her cousin and friends and to enjoy a night out. It was St. Patrick's Day, which was one of her favourite holidays, so she'd taken a few days off work. But she'd promised her family that she'd be back home in time for her sister's bridal shower that Friday night. Laura's cousin and friends told investigators that on St. Patrick's Day night, they'd gone out to eat at Sam's Pizza before continuing on to Fitzpatrick's Tavern where they enjoyed several drinks with other locals. The bartender on shift that evening remembered seeing Laura sitting at the bar talking to a man seated beside her, before the two left together at around midnight. He described this man as being in his 20s, tall, with scruffy, unkept brown hair, and was wearing eyeglasses. After leaving the tavern with this man, Laura was not seen again and failed to return to her cousin's house where she was staying. While the body of Laura Watson Dalton was quickly identified, the charred remains of the second victim took longer, 
and numerous appeals to the public were made in the hopes of identifying her. She was described as being an adult Caucasian female in her late 20s to early 30s, approximately 5 foot tall and weighing around 180 pounds. She had light brown or blonde hair, brown eyes and she wore soft contact lenses and had had prior gallbladder surgery. As this description extended beyond state lines, a family in Belton, Missouri, which is a five-hour drive southwest of Iowa City, knew that their loved one had been found. 27-year-old biology major Maria Therese Lena had failed to return home after a business trip that would take her to several locations throughout Iowa. Maria was an environmental scientist contracted to do work with the U.S. Army Reserve units in Missouri, Kansas and Iowa. Maria had attended a meeting at Cedar Rapids Reserve Unit on Thursday the 18th of March, then drove the 30 miles south to Iowa City, where she checked into Hotel Chauncey, located at 404 East College Street. But Maria never made it to a scheduled appointment the following day. Her car was located several days later in a downtown parking lot close to the hotel and records showed that she had failed to check out of her accommodation. Maria was last seen at the hotel bar at approximately 10.30pm on Thursday the 18th of March, in the company of a man described as being in his 20s, tall, with scruffy, unkept hair, and was wearing eyeglasses. The exact same description of the man last seen with Laura the night before. But who was this man, and how did Laura and Maria who were unknown to one another, both end up dead in the same apartment rented by three university students who were not only unknown to both of the girls, but were all away on vacation at the time of their deaths. The detectives knew that they had a massive task ahead of them to not only find this killer, but to ultimately bring him to justice. During the autopsies of Laura and Maria, the Iowa City Medical Examiner was quick to note that due to the lack of soot in their lungs, both were deceased prior to the explosion and fire that tore through the apartment. And upon further examination, it was found that both had died from extensive blunt force trauma to the head, but the difference in the tissue damage between the two indicated that they had died approximately 24 hours apart. It was estimated that 29-year-old Laura had been attacked either late on Wednesday the 17th or in the early morning hours of Thursday the 18th. She had then been stabbed repeatedly in the chest and, according to some reports, her nipples removed. 27-year-old Maria was then attacked late on Thursday the 18th or in the early morning hours of Friday the 19th and it appeared that the fire was then intentionally set in an attempt to cover up this horrific crime scene. The day following the fire, Iowa City arson investigators descended on apartment 4 at 427 South Van Buren Street. Donning their navy blue coveralls and white hard hats, they spent the next few days photographing and examining the apartment looking for anything that could help point them to the killer. Amongst the items recovered from the debris were the remnants of a red gasoline container, an intact cigarette butt, a charred matchbook, a broken pair of eyeglasses, a barbell that appeared to have both blood and human hair stuck to it, and a black leather jacket that belonged to Laura. As all of these items were sent to be forensically tested, arson investigators then collected several pieces of the debris, along with some carpet samples in airtight containers, 
and had them sent straight to the fire debris analysis expert, Jeff R. Dunn. It was Mr. Dunn's task to determine if and what type of accelerant had been used to cause the explosion and start the fire. Activated charcoal strips were placed into each airtight container with the debris samples and were left overnight. The charcoal strips were then washed in vials of the chemical compound carbon disulfide. These vials were then placed into a gas chromatography mass spectrometry machine that identifies the different substances in the sample and separates each component within. The analysis report of the debris collected from the apartment showed that gasoline had been used to start the fire. A week after the discovery of Laura and Maria, the three young men who resided in the apartment were allowed back in to report on anything that was missing or out of place, and they found that numerous items had been stolen, including a television, two VCR players and a stereo system, and after doing the rounds of local pawn shops, all of these items were quickly located. The pawn shop owner told investigators that a young man had brought them in the week before, and thankfully, in Iowa, anyone selling items to a pawn shop must show a form of ID with an address, and the man who sold the items stolen from the apartment was identified as Marshalltown native 23-year-old Jonathan Lee Memmer. Running his details through the system, the detectives were quick to learn that Jonathan Memmer had been arrested just days after the fire on a parole violation stemming from a 1997 burglary conviction and was incarcerated at the Iowa State Penitentiary in Fort Madison. Jonathan Memmer was born and raised in Marshalltown, Iowa, 100 miles northwest of Iowa City, but was well known around the university district as a drifter, a partygoer and a thief. And when interviewed by the detectives in relation to Maria and Laura's deaths, he denied having ever met either. But he did admit to having broken into the apartment and to stealing and pawning the electronics he found. During this interview, however, one detective noticed that Jonathan was wearing a pair of eyeglasses. But in the mugshot photo taken after his arrest, he was not wearing any, and he had what looked to be a burned nose. Looking further into the broken glasses found by the arson investigators, they found that they didn't belong to any of the apartment's occupants, nor to either girl. Using a lensometer machine to determine the degree of curvature of the lenses, a forensic optometrist was able to determine that the strength of these lenses matched exactly to the prescription given to Jonathan Memmer by his eye doctor. But this only proved that Memmer had been in the apartment, to which he had already admitted and the investigators knew that they'd have to dig deeper if they wanted to link Jonathan Memmer to both Laura and Maria. Speaking again to Laura's cousin and friends and to the bartenders that served both Laura and Maria drinks on the nights they were last seen, all identified Memmer as the man seen with them. And when the lab results came back on the cigarette pup found at the scene, it was found to contain the DNA of Jonathan Memmer. But as with the eyeglasses, this did not mean that he had killed either woman. Going back through the items collected from the scene, they came across Laura's black leather jacket. It had previously been checked for fingerprints under a high-intensity light, although none were found. But latent print examiner Carl Bessman decided to try cyanoacrylate, or superglue fuming. Cyanoacrylate fuming is a chemical method for detective latent prints on non-porous surfaces such as glass and plastic, but Carl Bessman wondered whether it would work on leather. 
Hanging the jacket up in a special cabinet, superglue was placed in a small dish below it then heated for approximately 10 to 15 minutes. During this process, the cyanoacrylate vapours then adhere to any prints found, hardening the ridges and turning the print white. Once done, latent print examiner Carl Bessman was shocked to discover that while no fingerprints were raised, an almost complete shoe print was. And when comparing this print to the shoes that were confiscated off Jonathan Memmer after his arrest, it was proven to be a perfect match. Detectives finally had what they needed a link between victim and suspect. They could now prove that Jonathan Memmer stood on the back of the jacket that Laura Watson Dalton was wearing on the night she was murdered. But this print was not the only thing that Examiner Bestman found. During his careful examination of Memmer's shoes, he discovered a tiny brown stain approximately the size of a pinhead. He swabbed the area and immediately sent it for DNA testing in the hopes that it was blood. And finally, the last piece of the puzzle fell into place. The shoe that left the print on Laura's jacket contained the blood of Maria Lena. Almost a year after the explosion, in apartment 4 at 427 South Van Buren Street in Iowa City, 24-year-old Jonathan Lee Memmer was charged in the first-degree murders of 29-year-old Laura Watson Dalton and 27-year-old Maria Lena. Taking the stand in his own defence, Memmer continued to deny any involvement, but everyone in the courtroom were quick to notice that since his arrest, Jonathan was sporting a new teardrop prison tattoo just below the outside corner of his right eye. And it is widely known that in the gang world, this signifies having killed someone, and Jonathan Memmer had not one, but two teardrops. Whatever his reason for this tattoo, it did not sit well for the family and friends of both Maria and Laura. The court heard that Jonathan Memmer had met Laura Watson Dalton as she was drinking at Fitzpatrick's Tavern on the evening of Wednesday the 17th of March, St Patrick's Day. Sometime after midnight he managed to lure her back to an empty apartment that he'd broken into earlier that day. It was theorised that perhaps Laura had rejected his advances to which he responded by attacking her with a barbell that had been lying on the floor. He then dragged her body to the back bedroom, stabbed her repeatedly before going through her pockets looking for cash, discarding a driver's licence on the bed beside her. He then cleaned up the apartment and left. The night after meeting Laura, Jonathan was drinking at the Hotel Chauncey Bar where he met 27-year-old Maria Lena, who'd just arrived in town earlier that day for work. After several drinks, he once again turned on the charm and managed to lure Maria to the same empty apartment. Unbeknownst to Maria, as she sat on the couch talking to Jonathan, the body of Laura lay just metres away. After once again possibly being rejected, Jonathan Memmer picked up the same barbell and bludgeoned Maria to death, leaving her body on the floor where she fell, which was just near the entrance, indicating that Maria Lena had possibly tried to escape. Jonathan then removed the TV, VCRs and stereo system, stashing them in his car which was parked nearby. He then changed his clothes, cleaned up and left before the sun came up, returning hours later with a gasoline container filled with gas that he'd been seen purchasing that morning from a nearby service station. Jonathan Memmer's plan was to douse the apartment in gasoline, light it before escaping through the back parking lot 
in the hopes that all traces of what had occurred inside would be erased. But thankfully, Jonathan Lee Memmer is not the sharpest tool in the shed and began pouring the gasoline while smoking a cigarette. His cigarette caused the build-up of fumes to ignite, burning his nose and knocking his glasses from his face and causing the explosion that blew the hole through the outside wall of the apartment. And as he fled, he stood upon Laura's leather jacket, leaving the print that was later found by examiner Carl Bestman. A couple of days later, Jonathan then sold the stolen items to the pawn shop as he needed money to purchase new glasses, but was arrested on the probation violation before they were ready to be picked up. In 2001, Jonathan Lee Memmer was found guilty on two counts of first-degree murder. During his sentencing hearing, the families of Laura and Maria received one more cruel blow, when under Iowa state law, Jonathan was allowed to leave the courtroom as he did not want to listen to the family's victim impact statements, a law that thankfully has since been changed. Jonathan was sentenced to life without parole and all of his appeals have been rejected. Thank you for listening. Please join us again next time when we bring you another story picked fresh straight from the crime tree. All photos pertaining to this case will be up on our Instagram at the crime tree.